Whew. So I just finished working out and I feel so on top of the world. I'm sweating. I feel I feel like I'm panting. I can't believe I think I I did it, it was it was a bit strenuous, but I guess I'm going to get better at this. So y'all I need to take my last dose in quote of uh, my 2.5 liters of water, right? Um I'm gonna be right back. Just give me a minute. Hi guys, welcome to episode 40 of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode. So I've had a lot of bloopers just doing that. I think it's still the effect of the workout, but guys, if you think that I'm kidding, I'm shitting with you, right? Just request that i send you pictorial evidence of me working out because i'm not joking i know some people here are gonna be giving me side eyes like why is she doing that you need to listen to this episode till the end so that you get a sense of what i feel right and how i've become or how i am on that journey to becoming more intentional about my fitness about my body about wanting my body to work for me you know that being said on today's episode we're talking about all things wellness fitness we're talking about food we're talking about bbl do you want to expand your butt brazilian butt lift right um we're talking about a bit of body shaming um just striking the balance here and there we're talking about these and more on today's episode listen to it twice already and the information is just so well packaged i'm not doing definitely not doing this alone i have a professional who is here to educate us about fitness about weight um weight gain weight loss and all those good stuff so we have tochi okafo tochi okafo is a wellness consultant and the founder of the excited living company the excited living company is africa's prime wellness agency with the mission to inspire and nurture growth with a system called the seven dimensions to wellness after a degree in psychology from the university of Surrey, uk she chose to switch careers by getting into her life's work which is to develop practical and result-oriented approaches that help people live optimally she runs a blog she has a website and she features monthly in the saturday vanguard newspaper titled the wellness corner so she has been invited to speak in different capacities by reputable corporate brands and media outlets like google she leads africa gbg vanguard women wheel first bank and a host of others and while you're listening don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you'll be the first to know whenever we drop a new episode subscribe to the podcast your support is also well appreciated huge shout out to all those who support the podcast on a daily who tip us um, if you want to support the podcast the tipping link is in the bio you know give us a tip shukran link in the bio thank you so much um Let's jump into the conversation. I really hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I was looking through your IG the other day and I saw you dancing and, you know, your birthday. And you went so low and I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just 25. My knees will betray me. I promise you. (laughs) They will betray me. I don't have so much weight. I am Mm -hmm. young, you know. And it just made me realize that being fit might not necessarily be a function of age or weight. Mm-hmm. So um, from the point or from your perspective as a coach and a consultant, what is wellness? What is fitness? Are there any differences? And at what point do they meet? Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, you made me laugh a bit with the new, <laughs> the new conversation. But yes, uh, you've already introduced me, so I'll just go right straight into it. Fitness is 
exercise. Fitness is how you take care of your body. The things that you do in fitness, which involves your nutrition, which involves your mindset, which involves your rest and recovery, and of course, intentional movement. These four aspects are the framework to which I help my clients um, get involved in fitness and to make it a lifestyle. When you exercise, when you eat mindfully, all those things might be working on your body, but they also have an effect on your mind. I see having a strong body as an advantage to engage in life because a strong body means you have energy, you have strength to get on with work, to get on with life, to hustle. Um, wellness for me is now the next level of health. Health is taking care of yourself. In many cases, most people take care of their health when there is a need to. They go to hospital, a diagnosis, and then now they're trying to revert, uh, reverse or manage an illness. Wellness is the mindset of persistent or consistent maintenance. It's a preventive approach to life. Basically, it's being conscious of the things that you need to do to prevent rather than treat, which really is what health uh, tries to cover. So fitness is a way to get to wellness, but wellness is a much higher conversation than, than, than fitness is, yes. Interesting. I like the way you've been able to explain the difference, and yet um, I see where they still meet, right? Yes. Interesting. And you're saying that um, wellness is a higher level to health. It is. It's preventive. Mm -hmm. It's knowing that the things I do today would have an impact 10 years from now, so I better make the right decisions today. It's knowing that as you age, the way you eat should change because your body is changing. It is aging. So there is a level of mindfulness that should, you should approach your food. It's exercising, knowing that, okay, if I don't do, like for women above 30, I don't know if we know, but we must incorporate strength training in our workouts mm. for many reasons. Bone deterioration starts at 30. Right. So wellness is having that information, having that knowledge and aligning your behaviors to ensure that you stay away or you put illnesses and repairs away from you because you're in a preventive mode. Yes. Like that we started this way, because especially in this part of the world where we live in Nigeria, we do a lot of corrective instead of preventive. Yes. And it's been... Yes. I mean, we're very bad with maintenance culture. <laughs> we know, like, yes. we see it everywhere. We're very bad with maintaining <laughs> that thing that we really have. So I'm glad yes. that we started on this, um, on this note. So um, I think my next question to you is um, your, your daily routine. I mean, you guys need to check out, check out um, Tochi's Instagram um, page. You'd see how beautiful. Like, when you just look at her, even if she's not saying anything, you know, you just feel like there's this thing radiating, there's this energy, there's this, bitch, there's this glow, right? So I want you to just take us through your, your routine every day, your wellness routine. What does it look like on a daily basis? Okay, on a daily basis. Um, so I try to first start the day before. Mm -hmm. I do try and go to bed early. Early for me, 10. So usually before 10, I want to put up my data. I think one of the biggest things that we deal with now is too much interference. We're busy doing things that don't really concern us, things that don't really fuel our well-being. So I try and put up data. So access to me is limited after a certain time at night. So I can start to relax and get myself into sleep mode. I sleep early and I try to wake up as early as 5, 5.30 in the morning. Not necessarily to get up, 
I'm very big on meditation and quietness. So when I wake up in the morning, I lay in bed for a few minutes, sometimes for 20, 25 minutes. I'm mostly just engaging in gratitude practices. I spend a lot of time thinking about where I am. I'm quite present. I'm very grateful for what I have. So I'm always in that. I'm usually in that state. So I do that in the morning. Then, of course, I get to a workout. I work out at least five times a week, minimum of an hour a day. Sometimes I do 30 minutes. Um, if you're just starting, 30 minutes is fine. I do one hour because I really love it. But if you're just starting a workout, 30 minutes is perfect. So I work out and then I start my morning. Uh, due to the COVID, I work from my home. So after my exercise, I usually don't have breakfast. So I have breakfast maybe two or three times in a week. Most times I'm intermittent fasting. And that's basically giving my body 16 to 18 hours of rest from food every day. That I have found is a very helpful practice in managing your weight, managing your, your insides, the way food is being digested in your body. It's a very, it's a very valuable practice I've come to enjoy. So I intermittent fast mostly. So I'm breaking my fast usually between 12 or 1 o'clock. I break my fast with a fruit. I always have fruits in my fridge. I started that practice about two years ago. I, I don't think I've missed a fruit day eating fruits for the past one year plus. I don't think I've missed a day. I eat fruits every day. So I have that uh, to break my fast. And I have my lunch. So my day is usually morning, meditation, exercise, and I get to work. I, I drink a minimum of 2.5 liters of water a day, mostly. Some days I miss it. I can do one point something, but I don't think I've ever done less than 1.5 liters in a long time. So yeah, my routine is pretty it's, it's simple, simple things. When I talk about wellness, it's small things, but done consistently. It's the things that also that you do that create a spiral, a positive spiral effect. The consistency thing is what I'm taking home here. It is the consistency. <laughs> oh my God. I know a lot of people suffer with the consistency part of it, right? Um, yeah. My sis, my younger sister, for instance, she used to go to the gym. Okay. Um, she stopped that. And then she started working out at home, you know? And I feel like she became more she became more consistent because the thought of, okay, mm. I have to journey to the gym right now. I have to yes. probably put on work clothes and all that. And she just stopped yes. that. And people think that you have to really be at the gym. I mean, you just stating your daily routine will tell you that from your house, right? You can actually start these practices right absolutely I feel like she became she just got a mat every yes. day three day three times in a week i'd see my sister working out she's skipping she's doing yes. some like i said yes. I, I don't weigh so much so i don't do all of this and i i want you to advise me really because we feel that people who are yes. slim i mean the last time i checked i weighed 50 something right so the longest yes. time i was underway um i came across this tweet on twitter one time when this girl said um, she wanted, she hired a weight coach because she was so slim. People think that it's only the people who are on the big side that require yes. a weight coach, right? Um, you know, so just, this is just speaking to consistency, like you mentioned, and how yes. you don't necessarily have to be at the gym to be consistent. You can, from you from don't, home, you don't right, be consistent. You know, so before 2019, mm -hmm. I was a gym girl. I loved going to the gym, and I was going to the gym a lot. In 2018, I moved houses to a new environment. Okay. So I recognized the place of transition in disruption as well. Disruption, your routine, that can have an effect. 
So I realized that where I lived before, the gym was within the neighborhood. So it was like a five minute, seven minute drive to the gym. My new location was about 20 minutes. And I'm talking, I have to drive through traffic to get to the gym. That made me think, you know what? That 20 minutes, 25 minutes in traffic will be, I don't want to experience it. I started to work out from my living room. And for the whole of 2019 till, till now, I've been working out from home. And it was very interesting because I experienced the biggest body transformation in that time. I did. And I started to realize that sometimes some people can tell you, I spent two hours in the gym. If you really check how many of those minutes are spent exercising, it's maybe 35, 40 minutes. Because we're spending a lot of time talking, Take catching up with friends, taking pictures for the ground. So that takes from the exercise. Mm-hmm. So yes, anybody can make this a habit. Just think of creating a space in your home or if not inside the house, step outside the building of your, of your house and just use what you have. And you'll be surprised. I only started the gym again on Monday and for a particular reason. So it's, it's, it's possible to stay in the best shape of your life or get in the best shape of your life without having to step foot in the gym. And to touch on what you just said about size, when people focus, I, I have clients on my, I have a 30-day fitness program called Design Your Body. One thing I tell my clients is the purpose of exercise is not to lose weight alone. When you limit fitness or exercise or nutrition to losing weight, you will find yourself to be inconsistent. Because if you lose the weight, you revert. Every time you lose the weight, you get excited, you stop. But when you understand the higher level purpose of workout, which is to keep your health together, to help your body build bones, to build strength, for energy, for everything that makes life, I think, enjoyable, then you form an impression of, okay, weight loss is just a byproduct of fitness. I'm doing this for life. I'm doing this to stay alive. I'm doing this for energy. I'm doing this for so many other reasons. I feel like that mindset shift is what will help people stay consistent. Again, somebody can be slim in size and be unhealthy because healthy is more about body mass. So how much uh, muscle you have compared to body fat. There's people that are weighing, let's give an example, you might, someone might weigh 70 kg, right? But they have a very low fat uh, percentage, so they have more muscle in their body. They are healthy. Someone might weigh 60, 60 kg, but they have a higher percentage of body fat compared to muscle. They are unhealthier, or the person that is with a lower body fat and higher muscle composition is actually in a better shape than the person with a lower uh, muscle mass and higher uh, fat, even if the kg on the scale is lower. So I tell clients, don't use the weight. Don't use your scale as a measure of fitness. Use your exercise. Use how you feel. Every time you go for a workout, you're supposed to be sweating. You're supposed to exert energy. You're supposed to be sometimes tired. Use that as a measure because scale, uh, kg, calories, those things are not really as important as just stay true to why you're doing what you're doing. I hope that makes sense. Yes. Oh, like he really just spoke to me. He really just spoke to me right now. I hope in a good way. I need to do that. I have a long way to go. 
I think it's a misconception. Anyways, <laughs> Let me explain again. Just like you said, mm-hmm. that you saw me going down on my knees and I'm dancing. I know you. I just turned 40. And I got a lot of feedback from young people saying, I can't even do that. I'm 25, I'm 30. Because we need to shift the mindset of age being a criteria for strength. Behaviors and habits are what contribute to a person's strength. If you're exercising well and you're eating well, you would have strength to your 80s and your 90s. I've seen uh, a gentleman in India, I think he was 80-something, going for a marathon and completing a marathon. It's not about the age. It's more about the habits and the behaviors that you practice on a regular to build your body. Thank you so much for that. I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. I am actually of the opinion that the way your body looks is highly a function of, say, 70% genes and... I mean, genetic logic, mm-hmm. your dad, mom looks really good. So you're lucky to have that kind of body, right? And maybe 30% lifestyle choices. Um, that I don't know if I am wrong, but if I am right, to what extent can we train our bodies to the picture on our vision boards, right? What is too much and what is too small? Okay. I, don't know if I do. Right. I get your point. Let me shock you. Research. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I took a, <laughs> a, a class with Emory University. Uh, they are big on weight uh, management, weight loss. And I went through a few of their programs. Research is clear. Actually, your gene, in the best case scenario for your body, what your body can become is only 20%. I was shocked to find that out myself. I thought it was... So when it comes to body formation, I mean, hips, how big your butt might be or your bosoms as they call it those can be more of genes but what your body can do size um, how much muscle mass you can have compared to body fat all those things it is 20 percent genes i was very shocked to find that out my professor my mouth literally opened i said i had to ask are you serious all these years I've been thinking it was like 70% or 60% genes, like most people. And I think mm-hmm. that's the mindset that has made many people kind of give up on the whole fitness journey because they think that I cannot change this. This is how we are in my family. We are big boned. I've heard things like that. We are all big in my house. That's a limiting belief in many ways because if you have that mindset, you're not, going, you're not going to even try. So like from your question, it's actually, based on research, it's 20%. So you have 80% in your hands to do whatever you wish. And I think that's a lot. Wow. Yes. That you, so that's a composition of, say, food and how Food, yes. Fitness. And food in the yeah. fitness composition. Again, nutrition takes... I would say about 60, 70%. Your food is very important. It's too important to, to, to know. So yes, 80% is your food, lifestyle, sleep, behaviors, how much processed food you're consuming compared to whole foods. I have a full article on the three categories of food. It's a lifesaver. If you understand how food is categorized, then you would know how to approach food. And if you know how to approach food, you will eat better. And if you eat better, you would notice it in your body as well. <laughs> so that means we can we can go as much. I mean, we can train our bodies into that 
you can you can absolutely do it yes yes you can and i want to say that you you have to be patient with yourself i think also uh success is hastened in in our generation it's quick people want it quick and i think that that's the core mindset that causes many people not to follow through so every picture you have in your vision board is possible but you must be patient to engage the processes the in between the fallouts, the maybe you're going to cry a bit, the soreness of muscle, all those things have to happen for you to get to your, your vision board body. But it is 100% possible. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I can see you are very short. Okay. So I'm back. <laughs> I am. My mouth is open. Like, okay. I, the day I found I've this been out, myself. I'm telling all you, this while. the day I, I... I've been giving myself excuse, convenient excuses. Yes. That's why I'm like, no man. I, the day no, I, I when I found that, I was like, "Really? Just twenty percent? The body can do so much. We can do so much." And it was actually quite comforting, you know, to know that we have this much power. Now I, I'm talking about different dynamics. Yes. Right? Some people add weight um, when they're stressed. They look yes. They look worse when they're stressed. Right? Yes. Some people, it's when they eat least, they add weight. Like <laughs> they don't want to eat after eight, nine p.m. Yes. Otherwise, they're going to add weight. Some people have to eat so much to add weight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, different dynamics. Some people just visit an occasional visit to Hans and Rene, and the scale is telling them something else. So, I just want you to speak to that. Okay. So, there is a healthy way to put on weight. I have to say that. If you want to put on weight, you're going to have to eat more. But eating more doesn't mean eating more of everything. Again, I go back to the three categories of food uh, there's ultra processed foods. There are minimally processed foods and there are whole foods, right? Whole foods are foods from the ground, food from the earth. Uh, The way I see it, those are the foods that God intended for us to eat. That's how I believe that we're supposed to be eating. Those foods are things like all our fruits and vegetables are whole foods. Every single fruit and vegetable is from the ground. You can identify the original state of the food. The sweet potato is is whole food. Your yams are whole foods. Uh, Cassava, these are whole foods, right? Minimally processed foods are foods that have been re-engineered slightly, sometimes for the purpose of to prevent waste or to give it a longer shelf life. An example, but they haven't been re-engineered to a point where they lose their original state. So for instance, if uh, a minimally processed food is a yogurt, it's processed slightly, you know, to preserve it. Ultra-processed foods are things, foods that we cannot identify the original sources. These are biscuits. I don't know what, if they give me a biscuit now, I don't know what makes up that particular biscuit. Some kinds of biscuits. These are sweets, candy, soda. If you're eating a bulk of your meal from that category that is highly processed, you are literally damaging your body because those foods have very minimal nourishment, high calories, saturated fat, sugars, and these are the things that causes all types of illnesses. So you want to consume, if you want to put on weight, then you want to eat more times in the day, but still from the category that gives you nutrients. And that's the whole food category. The conversation around stress eating, uh, it's, it's a big conversation because when you're under stress, which is where the psychological meets the physiological when you're under stress your cortisol level goes up when cortisol level goes up that's like a blockage to weight management right and also the cortisol cortisol is a steroid hormone and it is 
activated when we are stressed out. Some people stress it, right? So that's why, again, managing stress is a wellness conversation because if you know how to manage your stress effectively, you prevent the side effects that come from high-level stress, which is high cortisol level leads to some people overeat. A lot of things happen when you're stressed out. So there's emotional eating. Sometimes emotional eating goes very deep. People that have trauma, they can begin to associate food with comfort. The weight loss conversation is such a broad conversation. And anyone that wants to begin a journey should identify their personal body goals so you know what works for you. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all for everybody. Um, let's talk about BBL. Brazilian. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay. That's the biggest body conversation currently. I've seen it everywhere. And yeah, let me let you ask a question. Let me let me weigh in on this. <laughs> so I mean, I see people say that squatting and all those lower body yeah, exercises, yes. right? It's not gonna give you the desired shape. That BBL will, mm-hmm. right? So I really wanted you to speak to it in the light of self love. Okay. You know, because people say your body, you can do whatever you want yes. in your body, right? But how do we balance that with self-love? <laughs> because I saw something yes. again on Twitter um, over the week that where this lady did it before yes. and after. And she was like, she was so glad that she made the decision. And people, the comments were like, people know that this thing is like a 60-40% chance of death yeah, in life, yeah. right? You have, like, you can get cancer yes, from it yes. and all that. And people still decide to go ahead yes. and do it. Meaning that they probably, you know, value how they look more than whether or not they need to or, or die, <laughs> right? So I just really wanted you to talk, because I don't know, I'm, it's just like a dilemma. I just really want you to talk yeah. about it in the light of self-love, especially in this day and age where the standards of beauty, right? What we see in the media yeah. is like, it's really, I don't yeah. know. So yeah, let me hear Okay, you. I think that self-love will not be self-love if there is no self-acceptance. So I think that's the process. It's no self-awareness, self-acceptance, and then self-love. Because love of yourself comes from accepting yourself wholly. W-H-O-L-N-A-Y. I understand the place of self-improvement. There's things about you that you want to change. I changed my body last year, and it was intentional. I changed my diet. I changed my exercise routine, and I changed my body. But there was no risk attached to that. There was no taking of any special supplement. There was no surgery. It was changing my body the ethical, the right way, a way without risk of losing my life. It's very important that we are conscious that self-love is self-acceptance. So if you're not accepting yourself as you are, do you love yourself enough? The conversation around doing what you want with your body is a fair conversation. I think people should be allowed to do what they want to their bodies. But I think also there should be the thought of risk that is that we're carrying on. Because what is driving someone to think that a specific shape is better? What makes you believe that? You have to ask yourself, why do I have to convert my body from A to B going through a process that could kill me, a process that could hurt me. People have died from these surgeries. People are going through reconstruction from this surgery. What makes me think that decision is in line with me doing exactly what I want in my body? How do do we reconcile that conversation? I grew up as a woman without a lot of hips and all of those things. Um, for the longest time, I was mocked about me not having a lot of 
bomb. You don't have bomb. You don't have. You don't have. You know, it kept it was that conversation for a long time. And as a teenager, I was wondering, okay, what, what's the fuss? I don't have. Yes, I don't. Like it's okay. I am okay with it. And over the years, even till now, as a fitness person, I've had people say, oh, maybe if I start building your bomb now with um, with squats and the rest. But I said, I'm fine without it. Do you understand? I am okay without that. If I decide to, I would go the, the route of health. I would use squats. But even those squats, please, you, this, we're talking three years of investment, four years. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you that in three months, a good time. It's a, it's, 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 it's a re-engineering process. You have to understand the science mm-hmm. of building your butt. You have to eat a, spe- a specific way. You have to do specific workouts. Those things are not easy. It is possible. Don't get me wrong. My point is that, is it, a, is it an assignment I want to take on? Like, what is the purpose in my life if, if I do or do not have a butt? I, I'm trying to figure the importance of it. You ask yourself, how important is this thing that you would risk your life to get something else? And then when you get that thing through a risky path, can you now say that you love yourself? I'm, it's all that we have to answer for us. So that I think if you can beat your chest and say, yes, it is self-love. I want to add silicone to my body. I want to do this. Then nobody should, should question, I guess. Nobody should question you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I, I, I would have to say, can we say there is absolute self-love when there is no absolute self-acceptance? I don't know. It's for everyone to respond to that. Oh, I love yeah. your perspective. I mean, I love your perspective. Thank you. Because in the end, people will do what they want to do. And I, I think that if someone does it, I don't also have the right to judge them. But I would, if you come to me and say, should I? I would tell you, okay, why? We'll go through why you want to do it. What's the importance of this in your life? Why do you want to go through that risk? There's a lady I follow on Instagram. And she did her surgery, I think when she was 18. She's in her 30s now, and she's just come out of her sixth or seventh reconstruction. She posted her butt on Instagram um, to, you know, show women that this journey can go south very quickly. Uh, So before you embark on this journey, please think about it. She's going through pain, unimaginable pain. She talks about her pain every day how much medication she takes every day to manage the pain. And if I think about that, you have to ask yourself, is it really worth it just to, to wear a nice pair of jeans? Is it really, really? We have to really ask ourselves. I don't, I don't know. I, you have to ask yourself whether it is that it's considering. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. I think there's that concept that we also, people, I've heard people say things like, something must kill a man or a woman. So that mindset gives room for some type of acceptances. Ah, at least if you don't do this one, you can still die from just driving down the street. So let me just do this one because at least I will get, you know, those conversations, they're not, they're, for me, they're low-level conversations because they're, they, they are there. So, you know, we, we should, we're adults, you know, think through our decisions Look at the risk factors always because if they're glaring you in the face, then you should consider them always. Probably gonna get worse before it gets better. Respect to media because the media will keep shoving this thing mm-hmm. down our throats, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we have all the all of them. We see them on E. We, we see do. how people undergo this kind of surgery. We see how our celebrities, people who would term influencers, right, doing all these things, and we have children, teenagers who are watching these channels and seeing these people who look up to these people. Then I hope that people really talk to 
um, practitioners and people who would advise them, yeah. you know, to, to take to make the right decisions. But I guess people are just set in their they own. They are. Like said, people just have, they're just like, ah, something will kill a man. Yeah, you know, I, 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 the same thing right. I tell, so I have a, a concept around eating, right? And when I look at the diet composition of us as Nigerians, right? We do a lot of high fat, we do a lot of animal protein and other things in our diet. And those things have been proven to cause all kinds of problems. So I, I, I introduced uh, my followers to meatless days, picking two days a week where you give your body rest from meat and just eat vegetables. Not only vegetables, you can do beans and plantain. Um, you can do sweet potato porridge, but just don't put any, any meat. And the feedback was crazy. I had some people say, oh, that's a good idea. Some other people are saying, I beg, something must kill a man. I cannot stop eating my meat. And you know what? <laughs> in South Africa, Africa, we eat meat. Like, give me shaki. now that shaki. <laughs> Ev- everything, our body, just pour it in there. That's when you feel like you're enjoying life. You're living the you life. Know, when you know what? Let me, before you, let me get to something that also I picked up. Because in the end, it's the culture and the belief system that we grew up with or on that informs our current state of belief, the things that we've come to accept as life, right? And when I was growing up, I remember clearly there was always a joke about people that used Titus fish to cook. So when I was growing up, I kept hearing, ah, Titus, they're using Titus to cook, as though they were mocking those that used Titus fish. And those that ate chicken and a lot of meat in their food they say evidence of good living. Growing up now with the research I have obviously engaged and the, the knowledge of health, Titus is a higher level meal than meat. It serves you better. It's oily fish. It has things that serve your body well compared to meat. But imagine the mindset that we grew up on. If someone grows up with a mindset that, oh, Titus is for quote-unquote poor people while meat and chicken and all those many, many things are for people that, you know, evidence of good living, it would be hard for that person to eat well because they are now caught between what I've always known and what I should try and do, which is why as we grow up as adults, we must be conscious of what drives our belief system, what is informing my decision, why do I choose A over B. If you're conscious, then you can start to change some of the beliefs that have held us bound because some belief and cultural practices are, they're holding us back. We're going to talk about body neutrality yeah. and body positivity now. Some time ago, one Dr. Boyce Watkins on Twitter tweeted, tweeted at um, Lizzo, tweeted at her saying that Lizzo is popular because there is an obesity epidemic mm-hmm. in America. Rather than encouraging people to do better, we are simply lying to them t- and telling them that they are just mm-hmm. fine the way they are. Unfortunately, many of these people are dying from diabetes mm-hmm. and heart disease. So Lizzo responded to Dr. Boyce saying, and I read, I'm popular because I write good songs and I'm talented and perform high energy hour and have shows with love. The only person who needs to do better is you. Keep my name out of your mouth and look in the mirror before you come for me. Here's the attention you ordered. Now, I understand that Lizzo had to stand up for herself. I mean, someone is trying to, like, body shame her and tell her that because there's an obesity epidemic epidemic in America, that's Mm -hmm. why people are accepting you and Mm -hmm. accepting your music. And we know that Lizzo has been championing body positivity 
and neutrality and all of that, right? And I, I understand it. I mean, I once did an episode on body shaming and someone asked me that, oh, Cam, where do we balance, you know, telling people that, oh, you are unhealthy, you are fat, in mm-hmm. quotes, right? And telling them that that's not healthy for you. I don't know I if do. you get my point. I do. So in light of wellness and fitness and then, I mean, put, putting that on a scale and putting body positivity and body neutrality on another scale, how do we strike that balance? So self-love or self-acceptance is not an excuse for accepting a potential health risk. But I understand that no one should be told you are fat. Go and do something about it. No, I, I, I don't think that's acceptable as well. But I, I, I'm getting a vibe that anyone that points a finger at trying to lose weight or points a finger at someone that they should lose weight, it's automatically deemed body shaming. I don't think it's always body shaming. I do think that everyone knows when their health is at risk. I I think that we do know that. But it does not mean that we shouldn't accept as we are whilst we're making changes. I don't know if you've seen my 60-pound life or the fastest shredder. What's that? What's that um, American program? The Biggest Loser. Okay, yeah. If yes. we are not careful and we constantly embrace certain practices, we're going to have many people of that size around us. And honestly, it's, 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 it's hard on them and everyone that they love around them. So there, no one should body shame anybody because some people actually have different illnesses. Weight loss is not, weight gain is not as a result of overeating sometimes. Some people have illnesses that makes it difficult for them to lose weight. So we have to be compassionate. I don't think you should ever tell anybody, go and lose weight, you're fine. I, I, I think that's, that's not even your business. But if they came to you and they asked your advice, you should be you know, nice enough to support them if they, if they ask for your support. But we cannot also praise people for not working out for... You know, this thing about accepting me as I am, it's, you have to be careful because sometimes you need to work on yourself. If people in my network are telling me you communicate very poorly, you are, you know, you are rude or whatever, I can't say accept me as I am. No, you're going to lose friends. You are going to lose friends. You're going to lose business. Imagine I go to a corporate organization, I do a training like I've done before with First Bank. I've done with a few companies. I was at Google International Women's Day about three years ago. And People give me feedback to say, oh, you were a bit... Google tells me, oh, I don't think I like the way you spoke about this topic or whatever. I say, please, please, please. That's how I teach. I don't, I don't want you... You can't give me feedback. You can't tell me what to do because accept me as I am. Next time, they won't call you back. So accepting yourself is amazing. You must. But recognizing that there is room for improvement, I think that's the, that's the life we're called to live. Body shaming is not acceptable. Um, no one should tell anybody else oh i've not seen you in two weeks it's like you gain weight that's not really your business yeah i don't think you should do that but um if you have a friend someone close to you that you see is uh, you know gaining a bit of weight um you can't call them in private and find out are you okay because they might be going through some emotional trauma weight loss is a very it's a very tricky conversation i try not to address people that don't ask for my help (laughs) because i feel like that's invading their privacy or their, or their choice. 
Yeah, so they would be very defensive about it. Like, I mean, would you, you yes, I, I think the fact that he, sure. he tagged her in the conversation, I think it was also that yeah, statement yeah. saying that yeah. you are popular because you are, I think it's, it's, it's a bit uncalled for. She is talented. I've seen that she dances. So she has many qualities that make her amazing. But also, if we do have people in our spaces that are gaining a lot of weight, it's, it's caring to weigh in and see how you can help. Because, you know, being overweight does come with a lot of challenges. I'm telling you, a lot of challenges. I know someone that gained maybe like 4 kg. Her life quality dropped. She couldn't walk for 20 minutes without losing her breath. She starts sweating. She she said to it said to affect her confidence. All right, this has been an interesting conversation. Before you go, um, yes. one last question. It's just to round this up, right? I'm a very huge fan of biohacking. Okay, done right, and not because I've spoken to any professional about biohacking, but because I've read some stuff about it. I've listened to podcasts about biohacking. I mean, doctors on there you know, giving advice about, okay, you can actually do this mm-hmm. to get this result. You can do guided mm-hmm. meditation to get this result. So I just want you to give us five biohacking or wellness practices that we can, you know, um, include in our daily lives that can help us yeah, optimize uh, yeah. our health. Okay, and, it's yeah. funny you say that because I'm actually creating a content. I want to call them the big five. It's so funny you're saying this because I'm writing a blog post on that. So, Five things I would say that you can do that can quickly start to change your state, your well-being is, first of all, drinking enough water, meeting your 2.5 liter water intake every day. It's very important. So, so important. Um, I think if you can remove refined sugar from your diet, oh my goodness, it would save your life. Sleep at least seven hours of uninterrupted sleep, Uh, sleep with dark curtains, um, don't take your phone to where you're going to sleep or put it off. Also, when you wake up in the morning, don't grab your phone as the first thing in, in the morning because that, that ray of light doesn't really help with settling into the morning. The third one, I would say eat at least 60% of your meals from the whole food section, food on the ground. And I think at least every week, three hours of intentional movement. Skipping, whatever you like. There's a video I put on my Instagram. I said, find your fitness. Find what works for you. But intentional movement cannot be compromised. You have to do it every day, at least 30 minutes. You have to sweat. You have to move. You have to burn calories. It is so important. So, yeah, the big five. Thank you so much. I had an amazing time speaking with you. And the wealth of information and knowledge that um, you shared, you make it sound so easy. It happens (laughs) over time. It happens over time. (laughs) So I would listen to this episode again and again. Well, I have to because I have to edit it, right? But I I will listen to it again and again. And probably do like a before and after. Take myself, picture myself now. And, you know, get intentional about my my fitness um, goals and see and after. And Oh, thank you. I hope that this um, (laughs) absolutely right. This was an amazing conversation. Um, Thank you so much. Um, Just to end, do you have any final words you want to say? Um, And then, if you do, um, please go ahead. And then your social media handles. This conversation was mostly about physical fitness, um, but my company, the Excited Living Company, really delves into seven dimensions to wellness. It's a physical wellness, your relationship, which is your relational wellness, intellectual wellness, 
mental, emotional, spiritual, and your financial wellness. I believe absolutely these seven areas are critical to help you optimize your existence. Our website is www.theexcitedlivingcompany.com. We have blog posts. We have fun stuff happening on our website. Our Instagram handle is at excitedlivingco, the same as Twitter. The way your body is created, you are created to move. So everybody you see that is doing this magnificent thing online, jumping up hoops or whatever, your body can do that. So start in your fitness journey today. You, you, you have to. If you're not working out at least four times a week, you are not giving your body the nutrients it needs. If you have any challenges, reach out to me. Uh, we'll find a way to help you. I will always find a way because I think fitness is everything. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And with that, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please look at the show notes for all the links that you need um, that she mentioned, the handles, Instagram, Twitter, the link to the website. Check the show notes for all the links. It's going to be there. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Share with others. Please read the show. Leave a comment with a five-star rating wherever you're listening on, whether on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Feel free to also share some insights and whatever connected with you. The handle is at New Ribbon Podcast on Instagram. My personal handle is at Obakam underscore. Until next time. Uh, don't forget to tip us <laughs> very important <laughs> bye